Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our podcast here at Victory Hill Church. Over the next few moments, our lead pastor, Aaron Begley, is going to share an impactful message with you from the Bible. We hope that it will encourage you to connect with God and connect with others. And we are going to jump right into it this morning. We are in week three of our series entitled Kingdom Culture. And we're looking at what it looks like to be citizens of the kingdom of God. And if you have your Bibles with you today, um, you can turn to uh, Philippians chapter three. We're going to kind of land there today as we're kind of studying through the book of Philippians and seeing what Paul tells us it really looks like to be these citizens, not of an earthly kingdom, but to be citizens of the, the kingdom culture of God. And so our foundational scripture for this series has been found in Philippians 1 verse 27 that simply says this, whatever happens, no matter what's going on in life, whether life is good or life is bad, whether there's a pandemic or there's no pandemic, whether there's war or rumors of war, whatever's happening in life, conduct yourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ, that whatever's going on, that we as individuals of the kingdom of God have uh, the opportunity or the responsibility to conduct ourselves in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that word conduct can actually be translated to the word live as a citizen. Whatever happens in life, we're to live as citizens, not as citizens of this world, but we're to live as citizens of heaven. And so in week one, we, we started this series by talking about some kingdom values, that if we're going to be citizens, if we're going to have a kingdom culture, we need to live out the values of the kingdom of God. And so we talked about selflessness and, and joy and surrender and honor. Last week, we talked about a kingdom attitude, that, that our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And, and what we said is this, is that an attitude is a learned way of thinking that results in a behavior. So if there's a learned way of thinking that results in a behavior, then, then we we can change our attitude because we can learn a new behavior. We can learn a new way of going through life. And so we talked about things like humility. We need to learn humility and obedience and endurance and, and praise. And so today I want to look at Philippians chapter 3 and I want us to look at the mindset of the kingdom. And so in Philippians, Paul is writing and he's sitting in a prison cell and, and he's writing back to this church in Philippi. And what he's writing to do is he's trying to encourage them and to share with them what it looks like to live as a citizen of heaven. And here's how he opens the book of Philippians, Philippians 3 verse 1. He says it this way. He uses these words again. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And let me just give you kind of just an extra this morning. Whatever happens in life, joy should still be present in the life of believers. And so joy is something that should be flowing out of our lives. That's why around here we always say we want to have contagious joy. Because no matter what happens in life, our joy is not based on the happenings or the, the circumstance of our life. Our, our joy is based in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And therefore it should always be contagious. And so whatever happens, my dear brothers, Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And he says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. I never get tired of telling you. So Paul says, I'm going to repeat things to you kind of over and over and over again, because Paul understood the power of repetition. Now, if you're a parent, you hate the power of repetition, don't you? Like, I mean, when you have to tell your kids like over and over and over again to do something, you get frustrated with them. But Paul says, you know what? I'm going to tell you some things, and I'm going to tell them to you again and again and again. 
again until you finally really grab a hold of what it looks like to be these citizens of the kingdom of God. And so he says, I'm never going to get tired of telling you. What, it, what is telling you? What is he really saying? He says, I'm never going to get tired of reminding you about these things so that I can safeguard your faith. You see, if you remind somebody of something, all you're doing is you're returning to the mind. That's what reminding somebody is is all about. It's about returning to the mind. It's about giving you something that brings back to your mind. And so Paul says, as we walk out our relationship with God, it's going to be very important to return to your mind the truth of who God is over and over and over again so that your faith and my faith is safeguarded from the things of this world. And so in the book of Philippians chapter 3, what Paul is talking about and what Paul is emphasizing is he's really talking about our minds. And the reason he's talking so much about our minds is because he knows there's a battlefield that takes place right here in our minds. Like one of the greatest battles that you will face in life will happen right here. Like, it'll, it'll happen in your mind. It's a, it's a battle that you go through. It's a struggle that you go through. One of the greatest battles in your spiritual walk with Christ is going to happen right here. Am, am, I, am I really saved? Am I, am I really doing what God wants me to do? Does, does God really love me? Has he really forgiven me of my sins? Like, the greatest battle and the greatest hurdle that many of us will face is right here in our minds. It's the struggle that we have. It's the strongholds that we have. And Paul says, I understand that there's going to be this battle that takes place in your mind because you are living sometimes as citizens of this world. But he says, I want you to know that there can be victory. I want you to know that you can win this battle that's taking place in your mind. And so in chapter 3, Paul deals with the mind. He deals with the mind of those who are considered citizens of the kingdom of heaven. He goes on and says this in Philippians 3, 18, verse 19. For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And so Paul says it's easy for us to get our minds stuck on earthly things. And when we get our minds stuck on earthly things, it's going to rob us of the citizenship that we have in heaven. It's going to rob us from living in the kingdom culture that God has created. And so Paul says, you got to be careful not to get stuck into the worldly mindsets. What is the worldly mindset? He shows us a couple things in that just passage of scripture. He says, the worldly mindset is people who are unaware of the benefits of the cross. He says, they're unaware. They're enemies of the cross of Christ. And for some of you today, maybe you walked into this place or you're watching online for the very first time and, and you're unaware of, of the benefits of the cross. You're, you're unaware of what comes with a relationship, a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and maybe you're opening yourself up to the gospel for the very first time and, and your mind is starting to expand because in your past, you're like, I, I don't understand this grace and this love that Christ could give to me. And your mind is being expanded. For some of you, you've gone through life and there's been times in your life that you've been close to God And yet you find yourself in a place where you've fallen away 
And you have forgotten the benefits of the cross of Christ. You've forgotten that it's only in a relationship with God that we have love and joy and peace. It's, you've forgotten that in the relationship with God, there's the forgiveness of your sins and there's a grace that's available to each and every one of us. And, and you have become unaware. You've allowed your minds to get set on the earthly things and you are unaware of the benefits that come with being in a right relationship with your heavenly father. You see, it's so easy to become world-dependent instead of God-dependent. It's so easy to to put our minds into the things of this world and forget about the benefits of a relationship with God. And I want to remind you this morning, we will never find in this world the things that only God can offer. When we set our minds into the things of this world, you will not find in this world the things that only God can offer. And for so many of us, we're kind of going through life and and we're looking for things in this world. And the reason we're looking for them in this world is because we are unaware of the benefits. We are unaware of the things that God has in store for each and every one of us. It was my wife's birthday this last week. And so I took Landon and Jackson. I took my boys out to go shopping for, you know. And I said, hey, boys, what do you want to get mom for her birthday? And, and the boys started saying, hey, well, let, let's go get her some earrings or like a, a bracelet or a necklace. And I was like, okay, where do you want to go? And Landon looks at me and he says, let's go to Dick's Sporting Goods. <clears throat> and I'm like, I don't think you're going to find what you're looking for at Dick's Sporting Goods. We found a cup, okay? So, I mean, we gave in. We got no earrings, no necklaces. But yet so many of us in our life, we're we're looking for things in this world. And can I just tell you, you're looking at the wrong place. You desire something. You're desiring some peace or joy or happiness. and, And you're looking for something, but you're shopping in the wrong places for the very things that God could bring to you. And Paul says, guess what? That's an earthly mindset. And the reason is, is because you become unaware, you become blinded to the things, the promises that God has for us because you're unaware of the benefits of the cross. Don't be unaware of the benefits of of what comes in serving God and having a right relationship with God. He says an earthly mindset is one that is addicted to pleasure. It's addicted to pleasure. We develop mindsets that says if it feels good, if it makes me happy in the moment, then, then I should go for it. And Paul would say, he would say, the earthly mindset will always focus on pleasure. He says, their destiny is their destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. And can I tell you something? That really sums up our world right now, right? Their glory is in their shame. And we live in a day and a time and an age where, you know, instead of kind of it being hidden anymore, we're just putting wickedness on the plate and we're celebrating it in our culture. And Paul said, guess what? That's just an earthly mindset. That the pleasures of this world, that people are becoming addicted to pleasure and their glory is in their shame. Like they're like, hey, look what I'm doing. And and we live in such a perverse generation that our addiction to pleasure has gone public and we celebrate that. And Paul says, this is not how you're supposed to live. This is not a mindset of the citizen of the kingdom culture of God. That's an earthly mindset. He concludes that and says that people who have an earthly mind, just, they just have an earthly mind. They, they just go through life and, and, and they're just set their minds on the things of this world. And some of us, this is where we find ourselves at today. Like, it's not just bad stuff. It's just that you're so consumed with the things of this world. I think that's where we find sometimes ourselves in the church. We get into our routines, don't we? You wake up in the morning. 
You get these kids to school, you, 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 you get them off, and then you go to work, and you work nine to five, and then you pick the kids up, you run some errands, you do some activities, you eat, you sleep, and then you kind of start the day all over again. And if we're not careful, it's easy to fall into the routines and the patterns of the things of this world and become so earthly-minded that we lose sight of the bigger picture, and we're only focused on what is right in front of us right now. And Paul says, that's not the mindset that you should have. Don't be so caught up in the things of this world, that God did not call us as believers and followers of Jesus Christ to a natural life. He's called us as followers of Jesus Christ to a supernatural life, to be infilled with his power and his presence and to live that out each and every day. And so Paul says, be careful because there's a battle that's taking place in your mind. There's a struggle that you're fighting through. And he says, I want you to be on guard about that. Do not take on the mindset of this world, for that is not the mind that Christ Jesus has for you. Paul hashes that out a little bit more in Romans 12, verse 2, when he writes it this way, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hey, there's a battle. If you're not careful, you're going to get set on earthly things. But he says, your mind can be renewed. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And can I tell you this morning, for every single one of you that are here and that under the sound of my voice or watching online today, guess what? His, he has a will for your life, and it is a good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has something good and pleasing and perfect for you. And you should give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise for that. It's good today, church. It's something good that he has for you your life. When our mind is renewed in Christ, in Romans 8 verse 6, Paul would say it this way, the mind governed, governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirits is life and peace. Like, like you can have life and you can have some peace today. Like you may be filled with anxiety and fear, but man, life and peace is available to you when our minds are not focused and set on the things of this world. And so Paul says, guess what? You need to have the mindset of the kingdom of God. You need to have the mindset, not of this world, but there's a different mindset as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. There's a different mindset as citizens of heaven. There's a different mindset for those who are part of a kingdom culture that each and every one of us should have. And so Philippians 3 verse 20, Paul says this. He says, our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our minds have to be focused. That I am a citizen of heaven, that I am not a citizen of this world. If I live as a citizen of this world, my mind will be an earthly mindset. I will be consumed with pleasure. I'll be unaware of the benefits of the cross. I'll get stuck in the routines of everyday life. But when I live my life as a citizen of heaven, then I'll begin to take on a kingdom mindset because I'm not no longer consumed with the things of this world. And it's very interesting that Paul uses this kind of context, that he uses this word about citizenship in heaven. Because as Paul is pinning this letter to a church in Philippi, it's a very unique culture. It's a very unique group of people in Philippi. And the reason it's so unique is because the Philippians were Roman citizens. They had citizenship in Rome. And this was a people who were consumed with the fact that they had this citizenship. Because because they were citizens of Rome, they would have been protected by Rome. 
They would have had access to to all the great things that Rome was doing. They would have had access to greater amounts of wealth and education. And so the people in Philippi were living and they're like, man, they were celebrating the fact that they were citizens of Rome because they had all of these benefits that came. But Paul says, I know you are a proud citizen of of Rome, but how much greater is it that you and I get to be citizens of heaven? Paul was saying, earth is great, but heaven is greater. He's talking to a people and maybe even for us today, like, man, we live in the greatest nation in this world and I'm I'm proud to be an American, that I'm a citizen of America. But guess what? As great as that is, the citizenship that we have in heaven is so much greater than the citizenship we will ever have in this world. And Paul looks at these individuals and he says, I know you think you have great things as citizens of Rome, but you need to understand there are even greater benefits of being a citizen of heaven. That being in Christ is superior to being in this world. And what we have to understand is that most of these Philippians probably had never even been to Rome. And yet they were citizens of Rome. And the same is true for us. Though we have yet to obtain heaven, we are citizens of heaven. And we get access to the benefits of heaven. Because the Bible says that God's goal is for heaven to come down to earth through his people. That we get to be citizens of that. He would go on in verse 20 and he would finish it up and say, Our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. What does this word await mean? It's a mindset. It's a mindset. When I'm waiting on something, I have a mindset because I'm constantly focused on something. I've got my attention set on the right thing. My citizenship is in heaven and I'm eagerly awaiting. I have a mindset that says I'm waiting on something greater. And so what does Paul say he is constantly focused on? What is the one thing that Paul says, I'm waiting for? I'm I'm here in this earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm awaiting a savior. What has he got his focus on? Here's what he says in Philippians 3 verse 10. Here's what his focus is, that I may know him. That I may know him. That I may know him. Like, is that your focus? Is that who you are as a a citizen of heaven? Is that how you live your life? Do you wake up every day going, God, I want to know you more? Because Paul says, this is what I'm waiting for. This is the mindset that I live my life through. This is the lens in which I see this world. I want to know him. You see, God's goal for us as citizens of heaven is to know and become like Jesus. Like this is what his goal is for your life and my life, that we would know him and become like Jesus. And you see, this was so different than the life that Paul had lived before he came to know Christ. Like if you know Paul's story, if you know anything about him, that Paul's goal before knowing Christ was to find success, to build his agenda, and to pursue his plans. And yet he was kind of trying to pursue a religious plan, but it was all about his success, his agenda, and pursuing his plans. Before he knew Christ, before Paul became a citizen of heaven, guess what? Paul had a worldly mindset. He was seeking his own pleasure. He didn't know the benefits of the cross of Christ. He was speaking religious um, persecution upon people. And his mind was set on the things of this world. And he says, once I've known Christ, once I, my goal became to know him and become like Jesus, everything changed. In Philippians 3, verse 8, Paul would say he lost all of those things that he valued and treasured. 
And yet all the things that he valued and treasured before he came to know Christ, everything that he lost, he says, I actually lost nothing. Because it was all garbage compared to the one thing that was important. And the one thing that was important to Paul was to know God. To really know who he was. To know the fullness. To be aware of the benefits of the cross. In Romans 8 verse 29, Paul would write it this way. For God knew his people in advance. Did you know God knew you in advance? Like he knows you. Like he's not a distant God. He knows you. He knows what you're going through right now. He knows the struggles of your life. He knows the hardships that you face. God knew his people in advance. And he chose them to become like his son. He knew you. He chose you. Like he picked you. You weren't the last person picked on the playground for the team. He picked you before you were ever created. He knows you. He chose you to become like his son that, that, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That his goal for us is that we would know him and become like him. God's plan for us as citizens of heaven is to become people who know and become like Jesus. And that's the kingdom culture. Like we develop that kingdom culture when we become people who know and become like Jesus. And so if we're going to live as citizens of heaven... We need to arrange our lives around achieving his goal for us. If we are going to become citizens of heaven, we need to arrange our lives around achieving his goal for us. What is his goal? For us to become and to know him. To become like Jesus. That's the goal, church. Like that's the thing that we set our mind on. Like I'm waking up and I'm, and I'm focusing in my day and I'm focusing my life around this concept. God, I want to know you and I want to become like you. So what is the mindset that I need to have? What is the way that I need to see life? What is the way that I need to live this life? If it's not to be an earthly mindset, if my mind is to be set as a citizen of heaven, what is the mindset that I need to have? And Paul shares with us, what that looks like in Philippians 3, 12 through 15. I want to read it to you and then I want to break it down and give you four things this morning. He says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He goes on. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. Heavenward, that's the goal in Christ Jesus. My mind's set on heaven. He goes on in verse 15, he says this, All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. If at some point you don't have the right mindset, God's going to bring clarity to you. That our mind is to be on things above. So let me give you four, if you're taking some notes this morning, let me give you four perspectives we need to have to have a kingdom mindset, to, to live as citizens of the kingdom of God. Four mindsets, four perspectives that we need to have. The first is this. We must maintain a proper perspective of our priorities. We must maintain a proper perspective of our priorities. This is a mindset that we have to have. We need to maintain and live out every single day of our lives the correct priorities for our life. That our priorities so often get out of whack and out of line. Paul said it this way in Philippians 3, verse 12, and then verse 14. He says, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. 
I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He says, I press on towards the goal. He says, I know what my priorities are. I know what the goal is for my life. If our goal is to become and to know Jesus, it's to know him and to become like him, that is the goal for our life. And are we arranging the priorities of our life around that goal? Like, that's the big question. Like, every day of our lives, whether I'm getting what I want or I'm not getting what I want, whether I'm comfortable or uncomfortable, whether I'm free, Paul would say, or whether I'm in jail, the goal that I have is that I have priorities in my life, and the goal is that I'm going to press on towards that goal. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to have a mindset that says I'm going to go after this thing, and I'm going to arrange my whole life around the goal of being like Jesus. I press on towards the goal is what Paul says. And the goal is to be like Jesus. And so if we're going to live as kingdom citizens, we have to have a proper perspective of our priorities. We need to get our priorities in line. And I would say that so many of us in the body of Christ, many of us who would consider ourselves as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we've allowed our priorities to get out of line. We've allowed things to, we've allowed our mind to drift. We've allowed our mind to go to other places. It's about being like him. You see, the goal in this life, the goal that Paul was pressing on towards, wasn't to become more successful in his careers. It wasn't to become more prosperous. It wasn't to become comfortable. It was to become like Jesus. Too many of us, the goal that we've made for our life is to be successful, is to to gain wealth, to to, to look out for our own self-interest. And Paul says, that's not the goal. Like, you got to know what the goal is. And if you don't know what the goal is, how can you press on towards that goal? How can you arrange your life? You see, our number one priority has to be the goal that God has for us. Not the goal that you want to establish. The goal that God has for us is that we're conforming to the image of his son. That every day of my life, I'm getting up, I'm waking up, and I'm thinking to myself, how can I become more like you today, God? How can I arrange my life so that it begins to reflect you in every area of my my life. And so let me ask you, is that the true priority of your life? Is that the true priority of every area of your life? Like in your personal lives, is your number one priority to know and become like Jesus? In your relational lives, in your marriage or your friendships, is your number one priority to know and become like Jesus? And can I just tell you something? That's really important in your relational life is to, to know and become like Jesus. Because you can try to search out everything that you want and to learn all types of strategies to, to have a good, a good relationship. But guess what the Bible says? You can only love as we experience his love. The only thing that you're going to be able to pour out in relationships is if the Heavenly Father has poured love into you. And if his love is not into you, guess what? It's going to affect your relational lives is the true priority of your vocational life to know and to become like Jesus. I get in your vocation, maybe you have to have competencies. Maybe you need to know how to do certain things, whether you're a teacher or, or a, a doctor or in the medical field or, or you work in a factory. There, there are competencies you need to your vocational life, but can I tell you what the number one priority should be? Is to be know and to become like Jesus in your vocation. Is the mindset that you have that Jesus is the number one priority. And Paul says, I press on towards that goal. That's how I live my life. That's how my mind is not set on the things of this world because my priority is set on the things of heaven and the goal that I have is to become, to know him and to become like Jesus. 
The second thing that Paul tells us is this. Not only do we have to maintain the proper perspective of our priorities, but we have to maintain a proper perspective of the present. The present, like where we currently are. Like how are we doing in this relationship with Christ? Paul says, I maintain the mindset. I have the proper perspective of the present. Look how he says in Philippians 3, verse 12 through 13. Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already arrived at my goal. Paul says, I know what the goal is. My, the goal is to know him and to become like him. But he says, I haven't obtained this yet. I haven't gotten there yet. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Like Paul says, you know what? I have a proper perspective of the present. That my priority is to know and be like Jesus, but, but I also understand that I haven't arrived at that point yet. I haven't done and I haven't reached that goal yet, so I'm going to continue to live my life every day trying to pursue that. Paul says, I have yet to arrive. He says, I'm not the perfect pattern of Jesus yet. I, I don't know everything. I'm a still a work in process. And can I just tell you something? If that is true for Paul, how much more true is that even for us? I mean, like this guy was amazing. He planted churches. He, he, he shared the gospel with people. And Paul says, I've yet to arrive. Like I, I don't have it all together. I'm focused on this goal, but I'm not there yet. You see, no matter who you are, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, no matter what you've done or how much you've accomplished in your life and for the name of Christ Jesus, you have yet to arrive. And Paul says, I must maintain the proper perspective of the presence. You see, because what happens, let me ask you this, what happens when someone feels like they've arrived? When someone feels like they have achieved it all, that they've arrived in life, you know what happens is they slow down. They don't work as hard. They stop investing and start trying to just enjoy and consume life. They start, they stop giving and they start taking. They stop learning and they start judging and telling other people what they need to know. You see, when people think that they've arrived, it it creates something in them that's unhealthy as followers of Jesus Christ. When people think they have arrived, they don't think they have to learn anymore or listen anymore. They feel like they can start telling people what to do because they've arrived. And they start judging. Can I tell you, this is a problem in the body of Christ. Too many people in the body of Christ think they have arrived. And instead of learning and growing and becoming more like Jesus, they think they've cornered the market on it and they start judging and telling other people what they're doing wrong in their life. And too many people in Christianity have gotten around the mindset that they're gonna tell other people and judge other people as if they have already arrived. Can I tell you, this is the reason that people are turned off to Christianity? Because there's too many people who are people that call themselves believers and followers of Jesus Christ that act like they have arrived and they're judging those that are around them, trying to tell them what they should and should not do instead of loving them unconditionally, instead of looking at them and saying, I haven't arrived yet. I'm still in the process of trying to become more like Jesus. But I'm telling you, this Jesus can make a difference in your life. Can I tell you something? I've not arrived. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfected in Christ. I don't know it all. I have to continue to learn and grow each and every day. I'm just trying to get up and to live my life to become more like Jesus. And as the body of Christ, we have to begin to take on this mindset of what's going on in the present. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect yet. I still make mistakes. I still sin. It's only through the grace and the blood of Christ Jesus that I'm allowed to be a follower of Jesus Christ. But my goal is that I'm going to try to become 
become more and more like you each and every day. And if we would have that perspective, if we would have that mindset, our relationships with Christ would continue to grow. We would experience less guilt and condemnation, but we have to stop judging people and we have to start pointing them to the one that they should become more like each and every day of their life. Do you give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise? So stop forgetting where you are in the present. Stop thinking that you have arrived. Because if you think you have arrived, you won't finish the course. You'll give up early. You won't complete the race. And so we have to have the proper perspective like Paul did. And we have a proper perspective of the present. Guess what? We won't slow down. We'll continue to invest. We'll continue to learn. We'll continue to grow. We'll, we'll continue to serve. And here's the thing. Is it's easy to keep a proper perspective of the present when we keep a proper perspective of becoming like Jesus. Several weeks ago, I was shopping for a TV and, and looking for a TV for, um, for just a big TV, okay? I'm a, I'm a guy, like the bigger the TV, the better, right? And so like, you know, if you've ever gone shopping online, the cool thing that they have anymore is like when you're, when you're looking online for something, you can put something in a cart and then you can like put like five more items in the cart, especially when it comes to like TVs and they'll, they'll show you the size and the dimensions and, and all the benefits of, of, of how to compare this TV to that TV and why this TV is better than that. And what we have to understand is that when we have the proper perspective of the goal of becoming like Jesus, what we have to start doing is, is it's like we put Jesus in the cart and then we put our lives in the carts. And we begin to look at Jesus' life and we go, oh, I'm not living up. Like my, my life isn't quite there yet. And we begin to look at our lives side by side to the life of Jesus Christ. And when we have that proper perspective of the present, we're going to realize the things that need to change in us. And this is how we grow. This is how we become disciples. This is how we begin to take on a kingdom mindset. As I look at my life compared to Jesus' life. You know, some ways that you can begin to do this is very, really easy. You can start asking questions like this. Like, in my marriage, am I the husband that Jesus would be? Like, in my marriage, am I the husband to Abby that Jesus would be to Abby? Does she see Jesus in the way that I treat her? In the way that I go through life, does she, she, does she see Jesus in me? Because the goal should be to know and be like Jesus in my marriage. Because that's the comparison. Like side by side. And when I begin to see that, I'm going to begin to realize there's some areas that I've got to change because I'm not living up to that standard. With my kids, or, or maybe for some of you with your grandkids, are you the father or the grandfather Jesus would be? Are you the same behind closed doors? Are you the same person no matter where you go? Because the comparison is my life compared to Jesus' life. And, and how would Jesus do this? Am I profession? Am I, am I the person that Jesus would be? Am I the pastor that Jesus would be? And when, when I look at my life sometimes, I realize there's some areas that I go, hey, I gotta be better at this because I'm not that what Jesus would yet be. And so I have a goal. I'm, I'm maintaining what's happening in the present. I have yet to arrive in my friendships. Am I the friend Jesus would be? 
Do I have the same character that Jesus has? Do I treat people the way Jesus would treat and care for people? Am I living up to that standard? Do I respond to circumstances the way that Jesus would respond to circumstances? Do I fight for injustice the way that Jesus would fight for injustice? And when I begin to look at my life and I put Jesus on a sheet and I put my life next to it, where am I falling short? And Paul says, you know what? If you want to have a heaven mindset, if you want to have the mindset of the kingdom of God, you need to maintain the proper perspective of your current situation and start trying to focus on becoming like Jesus in every area of our lives. And so when we live our lives through the lens of Jesus, it's easy to get the proper mindset that I have yet to arrive, that there is still work to be done in each and every one of us, but I'm going to press on towards the goal. That's the mindset I have to have. The third thing that Paul tells us is this. He says, we must maintain a proper perspective of the past. Maintain the proper perspective of the past. Philippians 3 verse 13, he would go on and say, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting. Forgetting what is behind. And so Paul says, stop allowing your past to keep us in bondage to the future. You see, and I love Paul. Like, I think Paul is such a relatable individual. Because Paul lived his life in pursuit of his own things. Paul was this individual who, before knowing Christ, he was religious, he was prideful, he was power-hungry, he was a murderer of Christians, he persecuted the church, he killed other followers of Jesus Christ. And so Paul is this individual that has all kinds of baggage. I don't know what your baggage is today. I don't know how big you think it is, but guess what? It's probably not as big as Paul's baggage. It's probably not as bad as the baggage that Paul dealt with in his life. And yet Paul says, you know what? I'm going to forget what's behind me. Paul has a lot of baggage, but he's not living out of that baggage. He's not bringing it back up. And I just want to say to you, you can't waste any more of your life living in yesterday. It's time to let go of the guilt. It's time to let go of the shame. It's time to let go of the grief that holds you in yesterday. It's time to let go of the grudges that you've been holding on to for years and years and years. It's time to let go of our anger because guess what? We don't have time to live in the past. We have to have a proper perspective of the past that it is in the past. So I'm going to forget those things that are behind me so that I can press on to what is ahead. To become like Jesus demands that we forget the past. And I get that you're not going to be able to just let it, forget it. I mean, it seems like that's a hard concept. So you're like, Aaron, what am I supposed to do? Like wake up tomorrow and act like these things never happened? I know that's difficult, but what it begins to say is this, is you begin to not let it dominate you anymore. Not being so centrally focused on it and consumed with it each and every day of your life. And, and Paul, really, I think there's really kind of two areas that we need to forget. We need to forget our failures. And the only way that you're going to be able to forget your failures in life is to turn to Jesus, the one who paid for every sin, every struggle, everything that you've ever done in life. It was on the cross of Christ Jesus that, that he made it possible to forget our failures in life. And so we got to get over those pasts and say, you know what, that is no longer going to define me. That's not who I am because I'm made new in Christ Jesus. It's through his grace that we are made new. And so I forget my past. I forget the failures. But for some of us, can I tell you where we get stuck at? And this may be some of you in this room. For some of you, you also need to forget your successes. The success that you've had in life is keeping some of you in the past. The the movement that you experienced with God 15 years ago is keeping you in your past. And it's keeping you from the new work that he wants to do in you today. 
Like sometimes it's our success that keeps us in our past. It's, it's one of the things that I've realized in my life. One of the hindrances is I can look at the success of yesterday and it keeps me on dwelling on the past. And I can begin to say, hey, look what happened yesterday. Look what God did three months ago, six months ago, 10 years ago. Man, that was so awesome. That's so powerful. It's like that person who graduates from high school and all they can ever do is talk about their high school days. And it's like, hey, isn't there anything else happening in your life? And sometimes it's the success of life that keeps us in our past. And Paul would say, you know what? When you begin to just focus on the success that you had in yesterday and you begin to say, hey, look what I did. Guess what happens? You begin to slow down because you think you've already arrived. You already had success. And so we have to not only forget our past and let go of our failures so we can move forward. We also have to let go of our successes so that we can move forward into the next thing that God has for us. Are you allowing your past to hinder your future? Paul says you need, you need to have a proper perspective of your future. So don't allow your past to hinder the present. And the last thing that we see in Philippians is this. If we're going to have a mindset of the kingdom, we must maintain a proper perspective of your future. Of your future. He would say it this way in Philippians 3 verse 13. In straining towards what is ahead. He said, my mind's also on what's ahead. It's about what's happening in the future. In Hebrews, Paul writes this to us in Hebrews 12, verse 2. I think it's so fitting. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. What's the goal? To become like Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Paul's talking about Jesus. He said he fixed his eyes. Jesus fixed his eyes, and he's the perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before him. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? It was you and me. That's what he had his mind on. When he endured that cross, his mind was on you, and his mind was on me. And so Paul would say, you know what? You need to have your right perspective of the future. What do, we, what do we set our eyes on? What is the joy set before us that we are not of this world? The joy that's set before me now is that I get an opportunity to spend eternity with God. That heaven is God's plan. And we can live in the here and now. And yet still experience the benefits of heaven. And so we have a proper perspective of the future. I'm not living for this world. I'm not living for the wealth of this world and the things of this world. I'm not letting my mind get set into this world because I am not of this world. The writer C.S. Lewis put it this way. I think it's a great quote. Aim at heaven and you get earth thrown in. When we make heaven our goal, then, then God throws in the benefits and the blessings that we can have in this world and, and we gain that. But aim at earth and you get neither. That if our minds are set on this thing of this world, we will never get heaven and you will never get earth. You will never find what you are looking for. Because my focus has to be on heaven. And yet my purpose is in the here and now. And so I have this future that I'm going, God, it's heaven that's on my goal. I want to become, I want to know you and become like you. Because I want to spend eternity with you. But I'm going to live in the here and now. And I'm going to fulfill your purpose each and every day. And so in Philippians 3, 20, verse 21, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm waiting, I'm, I'm focused on that. 
who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform us into his image, into his purpose, into his likeness. He'll transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. That what we're waiting for, what we're anticipating is that I'm not a citizen of this world. That my, my eyes, my future is set on heaven. And so we've got to maintain a kingdom mindset. What are your priorities? Have you made the priority of your life to know and become like Jesus? And can I tell you something? If you have not, then there's some new arrangement that you need to do. We need to live in the present. We need to have the priority of the present. What, where we are currently. Where is your relationship with God? How are you? Have, do you think you've arrived? Because if you think like you've arrived, you will never grow. You will never grow to the thing that God has for you. For some of you, you need to let go of the past. You need to let go of the past failures and you need to let go of some of the past successes that you've had. And you need to say, hey God, God, I'm letting go of those things because I'm not gonna allow it to hinder my future. And are we keeping our eyes heavenward? Are we living for the things of heaven so that we can bring heaven down to earth? Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this message helped you to connect with God and connect with others. Be sure to click the subscribe button to stay up to date with new messages each and every week. For more information about our church or for an opportunity to give to this ministry, simply go to victoryhill.org. Thank you, and we hope you have an amazing week.